Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. How is everybody's summer going? We are having summer just fly by out here in Utah. And it usually slows down in the summer. This is really the first year where things have sped up. I have a high schooler and then a middle schooler who literally school stopped and summer started. And I don't mean lounging by the pool. It meant dance was five days a week and mountain biking was three days a week and Zoom classes online with their nutritionist and their dietitian through their mountain biking team and this this workshop and this dance theory thing and and everything. And it is, it's a fun and exciting time for them. And I am just enjoying watching them enter this phase of life. But it has been an adjustment for our family because normally summer begins and everything slows down and we have nothing on our schedule. And that has not been how it is. And I think we've finally hit that spot in our life where summer is just an extension of the school year in a different way without homework, which I am so grateful for. Normally, I'm counting down the days until summer is over. And this year, I do not feel that way. I'm like, let's stay in summer as long as possible because it is so nice to not have homework. And every day we are sitting by the pool as much as possible in the afternoons and the evenings, having friends over, family, enjoying the holidays here. It is just everything we've ever dreamed of. And I am soaking it all in as much as possible, especially now that I'm not traveling twice a week. (laughs) It was such a crazy June. Anyway, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today, this week, is what I was talking about with my dad at the lake house two weeks ago about generational wealth, what it is, and how to create it. Now, I want to ask you this question. What do you think generational wealth is? When you think about the term generational wealth, what is it? Is it numbers in a bank account? Is it passing money down to your children and their children's children and so on and so forth? Because there are some really interesting stories that I'm going to share with you today about two of America's wealthiest families the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts, and how generational wealth has worked differently for both of them because of the way they've managed their money. So I'm going to share with you today what they did right and what they did wrong. And then I'm going to give you my definition of what generational wealth is and what I talked about with my dad when I was at the lake house two weeks ago. Because if 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 you're new here, You might not have heard the story of my dad explaining to me how much money you have to make in a year to have made it. Now, whenever we go to my parents' lake house, we go every single summer. They bought it when I was 17. I'm going to be 40 this year. So 22 years of going to the lake house every summer. And it's where I have some of my best conversations with my dad. He is one of the smartest financial people that I know. I respect his knowledge and experience 
incredibly. And when I was in my early 20s, we were out on the lake going on a sunset cruise with the family and the sun was setting. And I remember asking him, okay, dad, like, tell me, how much money did you make in a year when you knew you'd made it? And I thought he was going to, I was expecting him to say 200,000. Like that was sort of the number for me at that time. And he answered completely different than I thought he was going to answer. Because in my mind, I was like, he's going to tell me 200,000. And then I'm going to go out and figure out a way to make that. And then I'll have made it. And he looked at me in the face and he said, true wealth is debt freedom. And the conversation was over. That was it. And it was one of the most profound things my dad has ever taught me about money. Now, I'm going to talk to you about some other ideologies about money today. And at the end of the call, I'm going to tell you what my belief of generational wealth is. But until then, I want you to chew on what your idea of generational wealth is as you listen to these two examples and differences in them of generational wealth. Now, if you're not familiar with the Rockefeller family, you probably have never turned your TV on because if you have grown up in America, you've most likely at least heard of Rockefeller Center. It's in New York City. They always have the big Christmas tree up. It's in the Elf movie along with dozens and dozens of other movies. It's sort of a US icon when it comes to Christmas time, the ice skating rink in Rockefeller Center with a big Christmas tree. Now, the Rockefeller family is one of the most well-known families in U.S. history. And in addition to the Rockefeller Center, they also have a university named after them, a foundation. Their long-sustained legacy is what makes their family one of the prime examples of what it means to create and preserve generational wealth. Again, we're going to come back to this term of generational wealth, what they are defining general generational wealth as, and what I define as generational wealth are a little bit different. And I'm curious to know what your definition is. Now, the Rockefeller fortune started when John D. Rockefeller founded Standard Oil in 1870. The company went on to control 90% of U.S. refineries and pipelines. The Rockefellers became the richest, well, the Ro Rockefeller himself became the richest man in the world and one of the first to make billions. The family fortune was valued at over 600 billion in today's dollars. This is where things get exciting. Now, Standard Oil has evolved into Exxon and Chevron. Those are the names that you would recognize, right? Like you probably have never heard of Standard Oil or maybe you read it once in your history books in US history in high school if your teacher brought that up, right? But the Rockefellers also developed the first major business trusts, which were controlled by what is now known as Chase Bank. And the Rockefellers went on to establish themselves not only as industrialists, but also philanthropists. If you don't know what the word philanthropy is, Google it. Read a little bit more about it. But essentially, it's charitable donations or basically like creating things that help others, foundations that are giving where you give money and it's philanthropy work. So it's anything that has to do with charity. Now, the Rockefeller family's net worth today is currently valued at $8.4 Remember, the initial family fortune was $600 billion. Today, it's valued at 
$1.4 billion. It's spread out over 70 heirs. Can you imagine being one of those 70 people? We're going to talk about how some of the heirs are doing in a little bit. But when you look at the family's net worth then and now, you might think, oh my gosh, they lost so much money. But that is not what has happened with this family. Rockefeller himself is said to have gifted over $500 million in charities. And the family's philanthropy work still holds strong to this day. Various Rockefeller family trusts have helped fund projects ranging from arts, conversation, healthcare, and international trade. The most prominent family member of the modern era was David Rockefeller, who passed away in 2017 at the age of 101 years old. He was not only the family's wealthiest member, valued at $3.3 billion, but he was also the world's oldest billionaire. Kind of interesting. His son now, David Jr., is the family chair of the foundation. Now, there's other really prominent Rockefellers. You can Google Rockefeller's name and find out about them. Everything from fashion designers to retired politicians. The biggest thing that was the standout for the Rockefeller family is that they created two unique family trusts, the 1934 Family Trust and the 1952 Trust, all managed by Chase Bank. Both of these trusts hold interests in the descendants of the Standard Oil Company. Plus, they have other investments like real estate. This is key here, everybody. Real estate is where over, I think the number, I'm so sorry if this statistic is wrong. I, I can't remember if it's 88% or 90%, but it's somewhere around there that it's something like 88% or 90% of the world's richest people all have real estate in their portfolios. So if you don't have anything in real estate yet, it's time to start looking into that. Whether you use your first home as a rental property when you buy your next home or you save up money to use on a down payment to buy a condo and then rent it out, something like that. Now, the fortune was so large for the Rockefellers that they founded the Rockefeller Financial Services. This, in, this basically enlists professional money managers to oversee the holding company. And it had basically different investments in capital and family businesses and family liability insurance and risk management. The money was spread out so brilliantly that nobody could just come in and waste it all. We're going to talk about the Vanderbilts next. The difference between generational wealth and squandering away a fortune has to do with money management, and in my opinion, money ideology. And I'll come back to that at the end. But remember, as you are figuring out and being curious about what your definition of generational wealth is, I want you to explore the possibilities of it being more than just money in a bank account. And I'll circle all this background at the end, I promise. But the Rockefeller money has succeeded over six generations. That is phenomenal. Sure, the wealth went from $600 billion 
to $8.4 billion. But the fact that it's all still there shows the generational wealth. Now, the Vanderbilts. Many cultures around the world cannot understand how a family can go from rags to riches like the Vanderbilts did and then from riches back to rags within three generations. Did you know this about the Vanderbilts? I didn't until recently. Now, according to NASDAQ, 70% of families who lose their wealth in the second generation, oh, well, 70% of families lose their wealth in the second generation and 90% lose their wealth by the third generation. The Rockefellers managed to resist this outcome. Remember, they have had their wealth continue through six generations, 600 billion, now 8.4 billion. The Vanderbilts are going to go right in to the 70% of families lose their wealth Well, they're the 90% in the third generation. But listen to these statistics one more time. 70% of families lose their wealth in the second generation and 90% lose their wealth by the third generation. Generational wealth. What is it? Is it just passing money down to your kids and their kids and their kids? How long does it last? The Rockefellers put their money into investments and had so had professional people having so many arms to grow it that it continued to stay strong. The Vanderbilts live to tell a cautionary tale, and I'm going to share it with you now. The Vanderbilts have been said to be American royalty, the icons of the Gilded Age. This rich history started with Cornelius Vanderbilt, who began to amass the family fortune from railroads and shipping businesses in the late 1800s. He became the wealthiest person in America in the 1860s and went on to pass that title to his son, William Henry Vanderbilt. The latter was the wealthiest American during the 1870s and 1880s. There are other notable Vanderbilts who have inherited the large fortune. However, it had already started to erode by then. The daughter, the granddaughter, Cornelius, her father had a gambling habit and had squandered most of the fortune. Then one of the mothers also risked spending the inheritance through frequent international travel Gloria, who was one of the notable Vanderbilts, herself would go on to have four sons, each from different marriages. One of her sons is prominent in American society today, and I'm going to share with you in just a minute who he is. But notice the difference between the two families. They both were known as the richest people in America in the late 1800s. One of them now still 8.4 billion with 70 heirs and plenty of money to go around. The other family, the Vanderbilts, it's almost all gone. Why? Because the Rockefellers put their money into two family trusts, which you do through an attorney, like a will and trust. 
And then it was managed professionally and it was put into thing other things than just a trust. It was put into insurance and real estate and other uh, other foundations and protected, right? Now, by the time that Gloria died, she was the one that had four sons. Her estate had dwindled from 200 million to 1.5 million. Her New York apartment was given to one of her sons, while the other two sons remained estranged. Only one of her four sons inherited the majority of the state, who is none other than Anderson Cooper. Who knows who that is? CNN broadcast journalist. Cooper, however, takes a strong stance against passing on family fortunes. He never planned on inheriting money from his mother, Gloria, and he went on to earn $11 million annually through his CNN gig on his show. He said, I don't believe in passing on huge amounts of money. Interesting. What do you believe? What did the Rockefellers believe? What did the Vanderbilts believe? Why did Cooper believe this? We don't know. Cooper himself says, now a father, he only plans to pay for his son's college education. Past that, he expects for his son to build his own wealth. Now, whatever you think about Anderson Cooper or CNN or whatever, all that's irrelevant. What I want to focus on today is looking at the history because history repeats itself, right? Now, the Vanderbilt family legacy was riddled with with family discord, gambling, alcoholism, affairs, and even suicide. They were once known for lavish spending and philanthropy, but the Vanderbilt fortune was squandered for the most part of the mid-20th century. It's even said that one of Cornelius's grandsons passed away in a state of poverty. Today, none of the Vanderbilt-founded companies remain within the family. Can you even believe this? And this is not just the Vanderbilt family. There are many families like this. Gucci is a family like this, where you see generational wealth and companies having to be passed on to people that aren't in the family because I believe that generational wealth is more than just money in a bank account. I'll wrap this up at the end. We're almost there. Stay with me. Now, to be clear, the Vanderbilt fortune is not entirely gone. However, it was depleted profoundly in a matter of a few generations. Some generous family trusts still remain, and there are several Vanderbilt descendants who are still well off. However, The Vanderbilts portray a telling story of what can happen to a family fortune if it lacks a strong estate plan. They didn't have one. They didn't have one at all, right? Now, this might be why Anderson Cooper himself is turned off from the idea of passing wealth down. I totally understand this because I know myself The reason why I feel that I have been able to create what I've created is because when I turned 21 and got married, 
And not because I was turning 21, but my family, my dad had always said, if you get married in college, well, anytime you get married, that's it. There's no more money from us. If you get married, it's cut off. And so I fell in love with Sean at age 20, got married at 21, and we were on our own. I had never really worked and supported myself a day in my entire life. I was a junior in college. Sean was a freshman in college because he had served a two-year service mission for our church, and he was just starting college. So we both went to get part-time jobs. I was working in-house at a network marketing company, funny enough, not the one I work for now, but a different one, Melaleuca in Idaho. Well, I was working in Rexburg. Their headquarters are in Idaho Falls, Idaho. And he went to work at Subway because he had always worked at Subways. His dad had owned Subways growing up and he worked at... He was the assistant manager at Subway and I was on the phones at Melaleuca. I started in the sales department. I worked my way up to the enrollments department, then over into the um, services support team, and then the uh, in-house collections department, which I feel really taught me how to be amazing at retention in my network marketing business now. I'm so grateful for that job that I had 20 years ago. And then I eventually promoted to customer service trainer. And then I graduated from college and started my teaching, my first teaching job there at Lincoln Elementary in Rexburg, Idaho, while Sean finished up his degree. And then we moved to Utah for physical therapy school, et cetera, et cetera. Life moved on. But when my dad stopped paying for me, it gave me the opportunity to step out and decide what I wanted to create for my life. And I believe that that kick out was the best financial life lesson that I've ever been taught in my life. Because I had to look up the mountain and decide if I was going to climb up or not. I believe that that is generational wealth. Not passing money from one generation to the next, although that can be part of it. And I would gladly accept it. However, it is the ideology that my dad and stepmom and mom and other amazing key people in my life but I would say my dad was my biggest influence of money in my life. And as he passed his ideology about money to me, that allowed me to go create my own wealth. And that, my friends, is what I believe is true generational wealth. I also believe that this is something that the Rockefellers did well because the money was tied up so well in the trusts that the ideology was passed down from generation to generation. And it's why the wealth is still there six generations later. The Vanderbilts, on the other hand, fall into that category where three generations later, 90% of families' wealth will be gone. 
And that is what is happening to them. So the stories of the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts provide the perfect example of what can happen to a family fortune if the trust is not set up properly and also the true ideology of generational wealth is not taught and passed down. For example, how many, like, do you know anyone? I can think of three or four people that I know in my life, not in my family, who inherited large sums of money and they didn't have any money before. Within two years, the money was gone. We're talking millions of dollars. I had one friend who had a trust fund that he just had a heyday with in his 20s. And by the time he was 25, it was completely gone. And he had to go out and figure out how to go back to living in an apartment and paying a car payment. This was crazy to me because when we were like 19, 20, he was the one that was living the lavish life, right? Again, if you just pass money onto your kids, you are not creating generational wealth. It has to be more than just money. True generational wealth is not just money. It is also money ideology. Passing this on to your children, whether they, whether it takes them 20 years to rebuild their own wealth, then when they inherit your money, they will be able to handle it and make it true generational wealth. Now, the Rockefellers succeeded by having a strong central family constitution plus several irrevocable trusts that could not be touched or reversed. In addition, they also created a business devoted to the management of their family's financial affairs and ventures. These are the things that ensured their family, along with teaching the ideology, I mean, it's not written anywhere, but I suspect that when you take care of your money, when you care about your money so deeply that you hire someone to manage it for you and you make sure that it's untouchable and that nothing can be reversed about it so people can't just come in and abuse it, that shows me that they are probably teaching the ideology to their family as well, which is why the wealth is still there six generations later and will continue to be there generation after generation after generation. You can be the person in your family that changes your family's generational wealth simply by what you begin to believe about money today. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter if you come from nothing. Doesn't matter if you have nothing. Doesn't matter if you are not going to get an inheritance or if you are going to get an inheritance. It is what you choose to believe about money and how you treat your money. By the way, the more you have, the more you appreciate and love your money, the less you're going to want to spend it because you're going to want to treat it differently, right? Think about when you buy something that you really saved up for for a long time. Like I'm thinking about a bracelet that my grandparents gave me when I was graduating from college. I take such good care of it. I wash it. I put it in a box. 
I travel with it. I, I take it to the bank and lock it in a safe. I take great care of it. If you treat your money that way and you take great care of it, it's going to last longer, right? Doesn't mean you can't spend your money. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy your money. But think about your money in a way that you want to take care of it and make it last, okay? Now, in contrast, the Vanderbilts lacked an estate plan and that shows how quickly the family wealth eroded. There was no apparent family estate planning strategy. It left the family fortune vulnerable to irresponsible behavior, gambling, alcoholism, excessive travel. In history, we've witnessed the family diminish from being the wealthiest Americans in the late 1800s uh, late 1800s down to Anderson Cooper's inheritance of 1.5 million just a few generations later. Now, this sum, 1.5 million is actually large for most American family inheritances, but it grossly pales to what Cooper and others could have inherited if the family fortune had not been squandered. Control your own outcome. Decide how you want to plan for multi-generational wealth for your family's future. It starts with you now. Whether you're going to receive an inheritance or you got nothing coming, right? One of the best things that I told myself early on was I'm not ever planning on an inheritance. Whether I get one or not, I just felt that if I never assumed I was going to get anything, that I would be more motivated to go out and create something. And that in and of itself has brought me so much fulfillment and satisfaction. And it's because of the life lessons, the the generational wealth ideology that my parents taught me that I am now passing on to my kids. While they may get an inheritance from me, What I'm teaching them about money is that they have to go out and create their own wealth. They have to go out and earn their own money. And it's in learning how to do those things that will make them ready for any inheritance that they receive. Give yourself the gift of creating your own wealth, not just numbers in a bank account, but the ideology of wealth. True wealth is debt freedom. I believe this. I also believe that sometimes you have to take debt to create wealth, but that's a different soapbox for another day. (laughs) But what I want to leave you with today is that you get to be the person who creates everything for future generations to come. Take that responsibility and own it. Be excited about it. And if there was no way for you to mess it up, if there's no way for you to fail, what would be your first step? Have an amazing day. Bye now. Who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. 
I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, we can work on goals, and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com.